Welcome back to First Adam Season 1, Episode 3. JB and Andy with you today. And we're on a solo mission tonight. Yeah, man. We got no guests, but I'm glad you're here. Yeah. That's the nice thing when you when you bring another when you have a partner in crime for a for a podcast you're always plus one at least so. <laughs> plus one you know I've never actually brought a plus one to a wedding when I've been by myself I always just went by myself hoping to find a plus one one day well, that's but why, I'm married now so it doesn't matter that's why you have the bridesmaid list Dude. get that early you start I, hey, researching it this, who's available who's this not ugly mug has never gotten one of those bridesmaids I'm gonna tell you that much right now. The bridesmaid's cousin, the, oh, the ugly cousin that oh, didn't make the... Uh, the aunt is more like it, <laughs> the something aunt. like that. Anyways, man, well, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Um, glad to be here. You know, it can be a long week. And, and one of the things we promised our listeners, right, is that this would be a show, real talk, real men. We're going to have some great people come on that that have expertise and, and can wax poetic way better than we can. Um, but at the end of the day, we want to be real with our audience and, and talk about what's going on. Um, and it's always fun as a dad. I always say you're as happy as your saddest kid. Um, yeah. And so I've got an 18 year old, a freshman in college um, that scares the heck out of me. Um, but she's always doing fine. Um, and then I have a 16 year old that can be a little bit of a roller coaster um, and I get the dad, I'm setting boundaries. Did you ever tell your dad or mom that you were setting boundaries? No, I never, no. I was hoping that I would just break boundaries that were already set for me. Yeah, well, there's there's always that part. But when your kid comes in to talk to you and it's like, yeah, I don't like when you do this when my friends are around or uh, I don't really like this. I, I'm like, yeah, I would have never told my dad or mom that, right? Like if I embarrass you, that's, that's just, that's the payment for living in my house. Yep. Yep. That's why when my kids bring friends over, I specifically try to embarrass them. Like and, I come down in my underwear, I come down and, you know, <laughs> stuff that you probably shouldn't do. But anyways, but the, the Goldberg dad yeah. or oh, yeah. the well, pants off hey, already. Bro, if I'm paying for everything in the house, I have the right to embarrass. No, no, that's bad advice. Never mind. Bad advice. It, the good news is, folks, we are not doing a kid segment tonight. There will be no parenting advice. No. We thought we were going to delve a little bit more into marriage and, and kind of that relationship. It's one of those that uh, Andy and I um, really have grown in together. You know, he's the guy I call when um, you can't kick the trash can or, or kick the dog at your house. So you call somebody and, and you just can come over and kick my dog anytime you want. No, no, there's, there's no, this is just no dogs were hurt in the recording of this show. <laughs> so, but, but really talking about relationships and our relationships, some of the things we've learned about some of the things we're working on. Um, I think it's going to be a good segment tonight. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm excited to do this segment today. Uh, I've had a really long week. I got a buddy who's in the hospital. One of my best friends is in the hospital, not doing so hot. My dad was in the hospital this week. My daughter and I got into an argument that was uh, pretty heavy. So I've got a, almost my daughter will be 16 next week. I've got a 20-year-old son and a 23-year-old daughter and a 20-something-year-old son-in-law. And uh, my youngest daughter and I got into a good drop down. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Like you ever have those times as a, as a guy where, you know, going into it, you've already pre thought you shouldn't say something, but in the heat of the argument, you say it anyways. 
Ah, those are the ones you kick yourself afterwards. You're like, I need to put that back in the box. Yeah, but by that time, it's too late. And or so put then, it in the bottle, right? Yeah, but, in the bottle. Yeah, but by that time, it's too late. And so that was a little bit of my week. So I'm actually excited to just sit down for a second and talk to a friend. And uh, I know that there's probably many guys out there listening to this who, who understand what it's like to have just a, can I just say it this way? Just kind of a crappy week. Um Crappy week. That was you cussing. That was me cussing. I would say the I, I've gotten emails about saying other things, so I don't want. Now do we're that. gonna have to put an exclamatory. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, what's the what do they say on the the for mature audiences only? Yeah, for mature NC audience, 17? great. Yeah. This is Apple. That. Just yeah, um, but just a bad week, and you know it's funny because when you have just stuff going on, like my buddy's in the hospital, my dad's in the hospital, my daughter's struggling, you look for times where you can just breathe and rest. Like I, I got, this is actually funny. A couple nights ago, I was sleeping, and my wife kind of shook me in the middle of the night. She's like, "You're snoring." I never snored, not that I know of, but she's never woken me up that way in that manner. I think it's just the life has this week has just exhausted me to the point where, when I was out one night, I was out. And uh, that's my week. But, man, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about the conversation we're going to have. I'm excited that it's almost November, the best sports time of the year. Isn't that true, though? I mean, and we'll go into something that's actually important soon. But you have football. You have basketball. You have hockey. By the way, by the way, playoff I just bought, I just bought um, the NBA game time pass. Uh, for a hundred bucks for the whole season, so I could watch my Chicago Bulls. Yeah, can you see the Suns on that? Can I get that password? No, I'm not, dude. That's we just illegal. give it out right now. That's illegal. That's illegal. We're not going to do that. But yeah, it's illegal. But everybody does that with Netflix. It's funny. With everything, yeah, like yeah. I've got an Amazon guy, I've got a Peacock's guy, I've got a Paramount guy. Yeah, yeah. if you're not shopping those around, it's like homework. When I was a kid, we're totally off track. But yeah. when I was a kid. I, smart kid, right? Never cheated on a test. I felt like that was a line that you don't cross. However, I had somebody for English. I had a girl that was in love with me in accounting. I had somebody that hated me, but I annoyed her enough to get the homework in, in economic. Like I, you just set up somebody for each class because you never want to hit the same person twice. No, no. But you get a guy in every class. And really, isn't that how Andy lives life now? There's always a guy. I got a guy for everything, but I actually bought the NBA league pass because I love November sports. Um, I, I I'm down with it. The world series is going on. Go Phillies. Uh, I'm not a Phillies fan. I'm a Cubs fan, but I'm a national league fan because national league is still, still somewhat pure baseball. Um, with and designated. Hitter. Yeah. Don't, don't start me with that. Anyways. Hey, let's get to a topic at hand tonight, man. Let's, uh, Let's talk a little about, hey, the name of this episode is Men Die First. Where does that come from, Jay? Yeah, as we were talking about and kind of building out what we wanted to talk about, um, Men Die First is a phrase that I used, and it actually came out of a guy that I was talking to, and he took that verse from 1 Corinthians 11. Um, I, I wrote it down, but there is one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. And he was using this. This is part of don't use God's name in vain. He was using this to tell his wife, Hey, you need to listen to me. I'm the head I'm running things. And, and this is, this is how it goes. And so I knew that wasn't what God was saying. I knew that's what Paul wasn't saying. Um, so I took this one home with me and I just prayed about it. And as I was reading it and kind of meditating on it, I realized Jesus died for us. Mm. 
right? So God, God didn't just put Jesus as the head of every man. Jesus was willing to pay the cost for Andy, hmm. for JB, for, for our, the wives we're going to, like, he was willing to pay the price. And so when we get kind of second listing in this order, wow, great. As a man and the leader, we get to be the head of the woman. However, what God was saying in this was that means you die first before her. Hmm. And, and so I went back and I had that conversation with him and I go, Hey, you know what this means? This means you get to apologize first. I don't like doing that. This means you get to set up the marriage counseling session. I don't like doing that. <laughs> this this means... Listen, let's be honest. How many men actually like to find a counselor to call a marriage counselor when you're struggling in your marriage? Oh, my gosh. And be the person to initiate that? That is not me. Yeah. Um, now, I, I would say I would rather be the one who calls and sets it. Um, and picks them having gone to it. So, <laughs> hey, I've listen. The truth of the matter is, I actually got up one time when my wife and I were in marriage counseling. And listen, I got a great wife. We've been married. We're celebrating our 25th year anniversary coming up this month. Uh, we we love each other dearly. Uh, I've definitely married up. I don't know how I tricked her, but I remember one time we were and we, so we go to marriage counseling every now and then. And we were going through some issues where we went to marriage counseling. And I actually remember, guys, and I, I'm sure you can relate to this. I actually got up in the middle of the marriage counseling and said, I'm out of here. Like, yeah. and I left, I, I physically got up and walked out the door. I'm like, I'm not doing this today. Yeah. So I get it. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, let, let's go into counseling stories. So I, we go to this guy, we go to him twice, works paying for it. So who cares? And, um, two weeks in a row, he tells us stories about his mom dying and why he, it, he's justified not to go to the funeral. Were you counseling him? Yeah. yeah. Two weeks. He leads with that. And, and then we finally get to the part where it's all my fault. So that was me being done with just getting a rando. And so I went through my network. I'm like, guys, some other pastor, some other person I respect had issues. Um, and, and somebody refers me to him and I'm like, honey, you're, you're out of it. You know, it's me. It's not you. I die first. Right. So yeah. let me go first. And, um, I end up going to a couple sessions and then he's like, well, why don't we bring your wife in? Cause didn't you want to work on that relationship? I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Um, and he, com she comes in and he goes, you must just love being with this guy. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, he's like, talk about the perfect guy for you. Like he is, he's exciting. He's strategic. He's an administrator. He's sexy. Yeah, that didn't come up. No, thanks. No, it didn't come up. He's got hair. She, he did say that. By the way, listen, guys, I, when, when JB walked in today, the first thing I noticed is how slick his hair looked today, by the way. So just being honest. That's why we need to go video. Yeah. I'm telling you, we could double listeners. But um, so I come in, and he, he spent like 30 minutes with her, and then they had me come in like half session. And, and that's what he starts with. And it was so cool because right away he just starts edifying us in the relationship. He's like, Jason, I've spent 30 minutes with Annie. Let me tell you what I think about her and where I see these perfect pairings. I'm like, this is the counselor from God. And then he goes, but I'm like, uh, it had to come. I mean, you don't go to a counselor to find out everything's perfect, right? Because yeah. yeah. you know it's not. And he goes, but, but you're a bit of a rhino. I'm like a rhino. 
it was when at least he didn't call you an ass (laughs) yeah yeah well a rhino's no but but a rhino he said the thing i see in you is that you get a mission you get a vision and you accomplish it you're very goal-oriented you're very driven however when a rhino accomplishes going from point a to point b they don't care what they run Mm. through and so there's story upon story in the in the outback or not in the outback that'd be Australia, but in Africa where they just run through a camp and everything is turned upside down. And he said, "What I see is that you turn Annie's life upside down. Sometimes it's great, yeah. right? Sometimes yeah. it's a different perspective. Sometimes it's something fun that she wouldn't get out of her box and do. Let's let's go dancing or that uh, wasn't me. Do you dance?" dance? I really do. I Man. like country dancing. Dang, dog. Don't judge me. Yeah. Not line dancing. All right. Not line dancing. like a little two-step? Two-step, a little swing. Wow. Little swing. See, I, I've known Jason for a while. I didn't know that. And so that's, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to watch that. Little, it, well, I grew up in the generation with the greatest movie ever, Vince Vaughn and Iron Man get together and make swingers. Wait, 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 wait. You used a word that we don't use on this podcast called swingers because it has so many double meanings right at this point. We're just going to have to cut that out. We can edit edit that out. Yeah. But but what a great movie. And um, they swing in it to big band music. <laughs> you can't say that, dude. You can't say that. Okay, we're definitely getting the mature audience label. It, it's yeah, gone. Yeah. But um, to get back to the story. So anyway, you talked about this rhino and this concept of what makes me good at work, right? Mm-hmm. What made me good in the ministry. I get done. We bleeped it out for you. Like, right, that's, that's what everybody's written on my performance review since the beginning of time. You, you got to do it differently in your marriage. And, and I started seeing, as, as Annie shared a little bit, where I had rhinoed her goals, right? Yeah, yeah. I will get you from point A to point B. Get on this boy's back and ride me. Well, there's no relationships built in that. Yeah. Um, there's times where I was getting from point A to point B. We'd plan men's events, and I would be hell to live with in August, because I was running 24-7 to accomplish my goal. And so I'm running through her camp when I'm at home and just leaving things disassembled. And, um, man, he had built me up so much that I couldn't help but hear it. And and the message at the end, he didn't say that this way, but I started seeing it, is, Jason, you die first. Yeah. So what does that look like now? Like, so, you know, I, I can understand a little bit about what you're saying, because my wife uses this term regarding me a lot of times is um, the rhino aspect. I think we both kind of similarly have that. She'll say to me, you're not necessarily a safe place sometimes because you're so driven and and um, answer answer results, all those types of things. And it's not and that's truly not an aspect of me dying first. That's an as- aspect of me trying to help you figure it out first. Um, and, but for me to look at it and say, you know, when I see this idea of men die first, it means that even though I might have an idea, even though I might think I know what to do, even though I might tell you what to do, um, sometimes in my relationship with my wife, she just needs me to be a friend in a safe space, not to be the fixer. And that means dying to me, dying to my skill set, dying to my ideas, dying to my personality, 
Um, cause it's not my personality to sit there and just let you kind of spew a little bit about your day and yet not give information, counsel, wisdom, application, result, whatever it is. That's difficult for me. So I've had to try to learn how to, and I suck at it. I've had to learn how to try to die first. It's still a learning process of just saying, I want to be a safe space and a friend and just listen. That's hard. That's really difficult for me. Cause I want to see, especially people I care about, um, and they're struggling with something. I want to help them get through the struggle. But that's not necessarily dying first. That's me moving first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I saw that with my daughter this week. She came home. One of her best friends got T-boned. And she's crying. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is she okay? Is she out of emergency? Well, then it's not that bad. And, And I skipped the emotional impact of, a friend's life could have been taken. Mm. A friend's life's going to be changed, right? Dad's probably not going to buy her a new car and and say go go play um, chicken with the oncoming cars again. Like and and so for my daughter, it meant so much more than I got in a wreck or I made a mistake. And, and she wanted to carry that. And so her mom came home, loved on her. Um, and I got a redo the next day and said, Hey, mm-hmm. when you get done with school, um, I can tell this really impacted you. I bet it would mean everything to this young lady. If you went by, here's my credit card, go grab her Starbucks or flowers. Um, and just go over and hang out for an hour yeah. and get home. Cause PSATs are tomorrow. Like I'm goal oriented. <laughs> I can't change that part, but but it, I got a redo on that and I got the coolest hug last night when she's like, thanks for letting me do that. Mm. Mom was a little sketchy on letting me drive across town. And, uh, I'm like, Hey, you made it out alive. So, so I'm good there, but, but I got a redo. And I, and I think as guys, sometimes we have to ask for redos, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, and it begins by allowing ourselves to realize that we might've been wrong. Right. I can't ask for a redo if I don't ever admit that I'm wrong or that I didn't handle something right. Like I like my daughter yesterday, I didn't handle that right. Or two days ago. I just didn't handle it right. I knew I didn't handle it right. Now in all truthfulness, all truthfulness, I haven't gone back and had the conversation that I probably should have. I've just tried to change my actions to make it better. But that doesn't mean that the damage wasn't done. The damage isn't still there. Right. And and a lot of times I think as guys, what we do when we you know, this idea of dying first we think if we can just fix the situation without having to go back and maybe apologize or make restitution for the damage that's been done, we think we're okay. But that's not what it means. Men die first. Men die first in the idea. In my mind, it means, yeah, if I've caused problems, if I've caused damage, if I've caused hurt, it's not just covering that up. It's going back to the root to redo and apologize and reform the basis from where it began. And that's hard because I don't like to admit that I'm wrong. I don't like to admit that I've made mistakes, especially it's easy for me to do that with people. I don't know. It's very difficult for me to do that with people that I'm close to. Yeah. I had that come up with Annie, um, this year, she started working full time about six months ago, um, because we were putting a kid through college and, and the budget, Mr. Budget. How'd that wait? Uh, let me ask you a question. Well. well, let me ask you a question. Cause that was the first time really that you've had to have that conversation. Um, how did that go for you first? Cause that's a, that's a big deal. That's an identity issue. That's a value issue. That's a, I, I'm not necessarily good enough to provide for everything we need issue. 
Um, wow. Can we wait till we have a guest on to ask no, that question? No, no, no. That's no, not. it sucked, right? Yeah. Like I've been able to provide for my family and God did a miracle in our first two years um, when we had kids in two years time, God expanded my salary so much that I had duplicated what Annie and I were making together before she went out of work. Mm -hmm. So we made a sacrifice early on and said, we're going to be home with the kids. Can't pay somebody to love your kids. Hey, I get it. Sometimes there's no other option, right? But, but it's not best. And, and so we went down that road and we made sacrifices. We refinanced the house. We got rid of new cars. We made the sacrifice for her to be home with our babies. And then when she went back into the workforce, I'm like, is this even worth it? Like I used to minimize it because it was 20 hours a week, right? And I was going to have to hear more than 20 hours of stories about coworkers she didn't like. It was my thought. And um, there's, there's a great supporting husband. Yeah, dude. Uh, if you need counseling, call 1-800. No, but but I, I'm like, this isn't even worth the drama. And, and so she goes in there and she starts building her identity. And I remember in my heart being challenged because I'm like, isn't your identity me and the kids? Mm. Right? Like that's what we've seen for 10 years. I love this. So then to have to, after a four or five years, come back to her and go, Hey, I know I wasn't really on board with the whole work thing and, and wasn't real supportive, but now not only do I support it, but I really need you full time. Cause I've looked at the budget and college ain't what it used to be and scholarships don't go as far as they used to be. And if we're going to do this and debt free, um, I need help. Mm. It was humbling. Yeah. Um, and, and shame. Which is funny because I, you know, every time I feel that, cause I felt those same things, right. Especially when the budget gets tight and I feel the pressure. Um, I usually start to blame, look at what you've done or how, how, why were you, why are you spending that? Why are you versus, cause I'm, I'm nervous. I'm afraid I'm shameful, but it's funny because, you know, God says, I've given you a helpmate. And every time I've said to my wife, I need help. Her response is usually, why didn't you ask earlier? Right. That's the idea of dying to self. Men die first. It's not that I'm dying just for my family or I'm dying for um, my children or for others. The idea of men dying first is I have to die to myself first. Yeah. Which is hard. It's a hard thing to look at it and say, I'm okay not being everything to myself and to others all the time. And that I can sacrifice me. Right. I can sacrifice. It's that idea. I, I remember this, um, this, this random deal, you know, my, my, my father or somebody used to say all the time, you know, uh, the shoemaker is always with the last one to receive the shoes, right? He, everybody else has great shoes, but he's the last one to get it's the shoes. It's like a Polish saying or yeah, something. Man, I'm Polish. I got nothing so what, man, I'm Polish. It's like you, you work and give everything to everybody else and you sacrifice for yourself first, right? You're the last one to get something. And, and that's the idea that he, I think he was trying to get across to me as, as, as a man, Dying first means I don't think of me. That's difficult, especially, especially in confrontation, especially when you're in a place of, of um, argument with your spouse or you're, you're on different planes of, of conversation and you're not agreeing to be able to die first to you versus defend you is very difficult. It's that idea. I, I say this all the time. I say, you know, I want to lose the right to have rights mm. to be right. And that's difficult because it means I have to say, okay, not only am I going to die to my own ego, my own dysfunctions, even my own ideals, 
um, so that I can build somebody else up first. That's difficult, man. I, I look at Jesus, you know, he died first. I don't know how he had the wherewithal to say, it doesn't matter about me. It just doesn't matter because what I value is greater than me. And I got to be honest, man, that's not sometimes not the truth in my life because yeah, every now and then the whiny kid comes out like the little juvenile, you know, immature Andy comes out and says, but what about me? There's a song. Do you, what about me? It isn't fair. I've, I don't know. It's an old song, but it, uh, 1980s, by the way, reference. I just glassed over. Right yeah. There. Dude, 1980s. You know, what about me? Uh, obviously I won't be singing much anyways, but that's true. Like I think about that often. I mean, how many times have you labored hard and you're the last one to get? Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying on that point. And I, I think men, when it's obvious, right, we choose that. Sure, absolutely. Somebody's shooting a bullet at your family, you're jumping in front of them. Absolutely. I think what we miss is the challenge in the moment. Hmm. And we go, yeah, I haven't. I haven't gotten a new car. I haven't gotten new shoes. I haven't, whatever it is, right? All the money's going towards the kids. All the money's going towards the wife. Nobody appreciates it. Um, guys, right? Money, money takes a lot of our thought, thought process, the budget. Um, and, and we don't see the return on investment. And we don't see that as a challenge, right? If somebody said, this is you, Jason, dying to self, so that your kids can have it, it's that your wife can have it, that she, I think if we saw the challenge, if we knew this was a question, this was a gut check moment, it'd be a lot easier to make that decision. The problem is it just kind of happens in life. Well, what about this? You know, we, obviously it's pretty easy to talk about the material things, but what about the other aspects? You know, when we talk about when your wife or your children or your friends for that matter, um, or people who you're responsible for, I should say. Um, what about it when it's their emotions come first and yours last? Yeah. What about as their value comes first and yours comes last? It's easy to think materialistically, but I think what God is saying in this passage that you brought up, Jason, is, is it's it's not about the material things. It's about the internal. My emotions die first, right? Uh, instead of defending first. And I think that's hard. Like we want to defend versus die. Um, my, my value, like consider, consider your brother better than yourself. Right. Um, I think those are the hard things that most men struggle with because it calls you brought the word up and it's a hard word and it's the word humility, you know, to, to, to understand what humility, that doesn't mean thinking of yourself less in a negative way. It means just thinking of yourself less. Yeah. I love that. I've heard that before too. And, and what a good word, right? I think of myself less. I don't like that some days. I think thinking of myself less in this example, go back to the, to the conversation I had to have with Annie when I said, I'm not enough. I need help. We need help to put our kids through school debt-free, at least the first four years, girls. Um, I, a month or two later, I was praying, and, and God just... Sometimes I, I don't hear God's voice audibly. I don't see visions or anything. But sometimes God just tugs your heart back to a moment. And, and I just saw that conversation again. And um, I felt like I needed to go back to it. And, and so I went to my wife and I just wanted to say, 
I told her, I just want to say, I don't think I thanked you, Hmm. but we wrote the check for the rest of the money for the first semester and we're still in the plus. I want to thank you for that. I know it's a sacrifice. I know you're doing ministry around this. I know you still care about being at every girl's event that you can be at. And yet you're doing this. You're coming home more tired. You're coming home. You're doing more. And and yet you made this sacrifice. And the end result is we're not in debt this semester. Mm. And and next semester, I think we're looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I said, I just don't think I thanked you for that because I felt a little bit of shame on you, JB. You weren't able to do it yourself. And the truth of the matter is we got into this relationship saying we were going to take on the burdens together. And, and I wasn't, I'm not doing that. And so for us, for our relationship, it was Jason dying to look how great I am hmm. to say, hey, I need somebody on my team on this. Well, you know, I I think that's the whole idea. And I think there's probably guys out there who um, are just struggling in in conflict with with your spouse or with your children. Uh, I know that I've been one of those guys at times. And I think that that idea of saying, I'm, I want to do whatever is necessary, not externally, but internally to make, to bring unity back together. You know, the definition of unity is all parts work together to make a beautiful sound. And, and a lot of times I'm too ashamed to bring harmony and unity together. Um, but I think there's some guys out there that might find yourself. And I would ask them the question in this simple, simple way. Um, what is it that you're not dying to in order to establish unity and harmony in your relationships? And it's probably not the other person. It's probably some internal thing that you're sensing, feeling, struggling with that prevents you from dying to yourself. Maybe it's this idea that I will look weak. Maybe it's this idea that I have to apologize. Maybe it's this idea that I have to sacrifice differently. Maybe it's the idea that I have to ask for help, right? Uh, I, I always say this, and I think this is a great way to end this conversation, is the Lone Ranger had Tonto. His name alone was an oxymoron. Think about that for a second. The Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? And, and that's the premise of our whole podcast is that it's not good for man to be alone. And a lot of us we're alone because we haven't died to ourselves to allow other people into our lives. That's what the word intimacy means in to me see. And I think when it comes to our spouses, when it comes to our children, shoot, when it comes to other men, we are just afraid to do that sometimes. And yet we find ourselves struggling. And so, man, I'm just going to encourage you die to yourself, die to yourself. And what that means, it might means that says I have to open up me and take away the barrier that's been protecting me. Right. And, and be okay with that. Um, and so that's, man, that's, that's a, 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 an incredible story of, I think what we are called to do as men is, as that's what God did. He died to himself for us. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? Let's pray that. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Father, I just thank you for this time together, Lord. And I thank you for how you reveal in our stories, what you want to do in our lives. And so I just pray that you would give us all the, the vision for those areas where we need to die to self. And, and Andy listed through them, Lord. Is it my pride? Is it, is it my suggestions, right? Is it, is it the ability to do it alone? Father, we just give those opportunities to you. And we ask that you would just come into those situations and you would show us and that you would give us the courage to die to self 
so that we can be the men that you've called us to be and so that we won't live life alone together as men, together as families, Lord, together with you. And so we make that our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, fellas, check us out on social media on our website first. That's the number one, stadam.com. Share with your friends. Check us out on all podcast platforms. Share it because we both know it is not good for man to be alone. Well, JB, episode three in the books, men die first. Hey, Andy and JB, Ouch! Ouch.